0: Welcome to the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast by mentalmastery.com.au, the show dedicated to fun mental performance strategies for your golf game. Join mental performance coach Jamie Glazier and co-host Ross Flanagan as they discuss how to manage your mind in one of the craziest sports there is. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast. It has been a little while since we have... uh, recorded an episode but um i thought now i'm back home in australia spending a few weeks uh, hopefully a couple of months here that we can start to get some traction and i couldn't think of a better guest to have on the show than keely Marks keels uh great to have you on again this is your second um episode of the mental mastery golf podcast so um you're, you're becoming a bit of a pro at this
1: thanks for having me yeah it was good to, it's good to be back um yeah hopefully it goes it goes all right and i can answer everything
0: well the feedback we got from your last episode was phenomenal so um yeah obviously you've had a pretty hectic uh busy four six weeks um you know back doing year 12 back in australia final year of high school Um, obviously we know the responsibilities and commitments that are involved in that but um give us a little bit of a rundown of your last month or so
1: yeah, it has been pretty full on just with uh, handling school and golf. Um, obviously, you want to try to do it at the highest level for both uh, school and golf. But um, yeah, trying to just figure it all out. Um, but yeah, so um, just been at school and then um, went away to San Diego to play the IMG World Juniors, um, which was a, an amazing experience. Obviously, um, coming away with the win as well um, is always an added bonus. Um, yeah, and then... Um, that's about it. Just, you know, a lot of school, a lot of golf, um, and yeah, trying to
0: balance it all. That's great. Yeah. Look, I know when, um, you know, we were chatting a little bit before, you know, your trip to San Diego and the ING, uh, junior worlds, you weren't a hundred percent sure whether you should go because it was only one event. Uh, it's a long way to travel for one week and, uh, you know, you, are obviously busy with year 12 responsibilities, um, Talk to us about what made you make that decision to go over and play that event um, and interrupt your, I suppose, your schedule back here with school.
1: Yeah, so obviously I wasn't, um, I wasn't too sure whether I should go over there and compete just with the load of school and missing a week can always be challenging to then catch up on. Um, so that was the biggest thing, just me second guessing whether I was actually able to um, cope with doing both things at once. Um, But for me to decide to go over there, um, there's a few things here and there just obviously with COVID um, happening, I didn't get to have my final few years um, being a junior. So being able to go over there, that would be my last um, ever junior event, which um, was a big thing. And then obviously going over there, um, just to get my name out there, no matter what um, the, and product was going to be, somebody was going to figure out like, you know, I was going to get my name out there and people were going to try, you know, figure out who I was and everything. So um, that's always another thing. And then obviously um, meeting college coaches, meeting Christy, um, yeah. And then going away with Australia is always, is always a good thing too.
0: Well, you certainly got your name out there. We'll put it (laughs) that way. Um, Winning the the IMG Junior Worlds is a massive event. I think back here in Australia, some people maybe don't recognise the size of the event, but when you start to reel off some of the past champions that have won that event, um, you certainly recognise the, the, the importance um, and the size of the event. So, um, you know, there was a few things, obviously, I've, you know, I've made a post about it, which got a lot of response, a lot of feedback Um a concept that you attached to during that event. Um, so give, give us a bit of a rundown of what that was, how it came about, how you applied it, um, and ultimately the impact you feel it had on you during the actual tournament.
1: Yeah, for sure. So um, I'm going to hate to say this because I don't want to give him credit, but my dad <laughs> sent me a video um, of this lady explaining how she wanted her athletes to handle hard better, to get over their problems and figure out how to make hard easier um, and I don't know it just stuck with me honestly I watched on the way to the airport going over there um, and I was just like oh wow like it's pretty amazing to um, have that in your mindset um, day in day out and trying to figure out what you actually what you're actually able to do to get over um, things that are very challenging um, so yeah, that stuck with me and I was trying to figure out a way to, you know, keep that in my mind throughout the event. Um, so I thought of, you know, just writing it on my glove. Um, yeah. So I guess like every time I was able to look at it, like, you know, whether I'm having a good shot or a bad shot, like I'm figuring out how to, you know, get over it and move on. Like, obviously you don't get up every morning thinking everything is going to be perfect. Nothing ever is perfect. Um, and I guess that's just, you know, obviously you want your round to be as good as it can be but you know most of the time you're shooting you know 72 shots around not all 72 shots are going to be perfect you've got to handle hard better you've got to get over it and move on and make sure that the quicker you move on the better your result will be um, at the end
0: yeah i mean it's such a great concept and, and i know through the years of working together we you know we work a lot on expectation management and 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 having that flexibility when it comes to your expectations, just in case today is a little bit of a struggle, we've got to be able to adapt to that, but also adapt in a way. Today is also a great day to step into that and have that ability to create that flexibility, which, you know, we look at the event that you played and obviously you're going over there. Your expectations are you'd like to have a good event. um, You'd like to, to give yourself an opportunity for a good result. I and mean, then ultimately at the, at, the, at the really top level of expectation, you'd love to have a chance to win the event. Um, you know, we spoke each day briefly after, um, after the tournament, after each round and um, talk us through a little bit around the first round and the second round, you know, how you played, uh, how your expectations were going, um, your patience, everything like that. Just give us a bit of an insight into those first couple of rounds.
1: I honestly didn't really have too high of expectations going into the first round. Um, After playing the practice round, I was pretty happy with how I was playing. Um, I think I mapped the course out pretty well um, as we went through um, a few days prior to the event, just working out, um, you know, ball placement and making sure if I'm comfortable with that, I'll be, you know, I'll be playing pretty sweet on the golf course. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So I was pretty happy with all that and my notes are pretty um, good as well. So I was feeling pretty confident um, with where I want to at least try hit the ball. Um, yeah. So after round one, I was one under. Um, I think I was probably around 15th, um, but I struck it pretty well. I hit it really. I will. I hit it really well. I was really happy. I just didn't hold the putts, but I wanted to. Um, and then second round, um, it was more of like a scramble golf, but I gave myself the opportunity to make up and down most of the time, um, which is what, you know, if you're going to miss the green, you've got to miss it in the right spot. So um, I was just glad that I did that, but I still, you know, I had a really good putting day. Um, yeah. So then having one over in the second round put me probably around 25th, I'd say. Um, but I was pretty bummed about having those two scores after hitting it pretty solid. So I made sure that I, you know, went to the putting green and fixed as much as I could up for the next day, just to give me the confidence instead of going, back to the hotel and worrying about how I'm going to fix it in the morning. So if I can get all the worry out um, that night, I'd be able to have a good night's sleep and come out the next day, um, powering through. And that's exactly what I was able to do. Um, Having, uh, yeah, 700 in in round three always helps. Um, Yeah.
0: So you're 25th after two rounds. Yeah. When you said after the round you went to try and fix up some putting stuff like was there was there a specific area that you were targeting what what were you really trying to find I suppose in that post round little sort of session
1: Yeah so I I was always like giving myself an opportunity for birdie um I was just missing my putts by inches like it was they were close and I continuously just thought it was me like not being able to read the greens or anything like that but it was just purely pace. I found it hard to hit the right pace um, for most of my parts. Like, you know, I was putting it to, you know, your two feet range, two part, part kind of situation, but I wasn't giving myself the opportunity to make a birdie um, just because my pace and line weren't um, for the right part, I guess. Um, so I was just working on that with um, one of the coaches that I went away with um, just going back to, you know, mirror drills and then a bit of aim point and figuring that out. We were there for probably about an hour or so. Um, And just figuring that out just made me way more confident um, knowing exactly what I needed to actually work on and go out there and think about the next day.
0: Yeah. Now, tell the listeners a little bit about conversations that you might have had early on in the third round with your playing partners. Um, So you're sort of 25th after two rounds. They're obviously probably in a very similar position, if not the same position as you, um, being paired together. Um, by the sounds of things, the conversations you were having earlier on the round, you, you girls were all struggling a little bit on the greens um, in those first few rounds.
1: Yeah, I was that person that was like, oh, fire out. Like, I've been having a really bad putting week. <laughs> and then um, my third hole of the day, I three putts of bogey. And I was like, see, like, it's just not going well, is it? And then I just fired away and I'm just dropping putts from everywhere and they're like, you suck I can't believe we've had this conversation about you being a poor putter and your hole in 45 footers um yeah so I had to eat my words a bit with that but um yeah we were all struggling a bit but I'm um even if I say something out loud like I'm having a bad putting day it's not necessarily in my head it's just something that I'm I am thinking about it but it's not going to necessarily impact what my end result is but um yeah we were all a bit like oh it's just. You know, this is the one thing that we're really struggling with, just with um, the greens and, um, you know, if they're grained or whatever. Um, Yeah, so we were trying to figure that out, and I I figured that out. (laughs) And
0: that's a, you know, a really, really good point that you make, even though you, you know, verbally, outwardly said, you know, I'm having a few bad putting rounds and, you know, CI, just sweet putted CI. You know, those negative comments, so to speak, or what, what are perceived to be negative comments, they're not really for a lot of people they can say them and then let them go you know it's a little bit like a cloud in the sky it comes and then it goes so um yeah it's interesting that that you know you look at someone like a Tyrrell Hatton who uses negative sarcasm quite a bit out on the golf course um that's just the way that he he functions, he copes. Uh, a lot of the time it doesn't have too big of a negative impact. Um, sometimes it can, but um, it's great that you recognise that just because you were saying that it's not really, you're not attaching to it and you're not allowing it to to have that negative impact, which obviously, after you three-putt the third hole and you go on to shoot seven under, um, you weren't creating that uh, narrative that, you know, you can't putt. So, um, yeah, so obviously it would have felt, Amazing playing that third round, shooting seven under and, and holding putts and shooting a score that you you know, you know you're know you capable of shooting. Now, where did that end up putting you in sort of the tournament after the third round?
1: Yeah, so after the third round, I was seven under total, one shot off the lead. So I was tied second with one other girl.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sensational. I mean, that's a big jump, a big move up the leaderboard um talk to uh, talk to us about you know how did you handle that that the night of the third round knowing you've all of all of a sudden you're like one shot back and a chance to maybe win this event going from 25th where winning was probably not really on your mind at that stage um how did you handle that third that the night of the third round um your newfound position in the tournament and then Taking it into the the morning of that that final round, like, tell me how you were sort of thinking and feeling and those sort of things. Yeah, I
1: was honestly obviously nervous going into the fourth round, but I think they were really good nerves. Like, yeah. you know, from round one, I'd been hitting it pretty solid. I was super happy, you know. it was just the little things that I needed to f- um, figure out after round one and two, and then obviously being able to implement that into round three. I think yeah. I was pretty um, honestly excited more than. Um, nervous, like going into you know the final round of the IMG World Juniors. I'm um, yeah, I'm in the leading group. Um, it's yeah. pretty. I was pretty stoked, honestly. um You know, I was thinking, oh cool, I'm going to have a crowd. Like I figured out how to handle a crowd now after you know some of my previous events, like at the Vic Open and stuff. Like you know, got that ticked off the list. Um, after the first three rounds, I figured out how to hit in front of college coaches. You know, I can tick that off the list. You know. Um, Um, I was like, I've Googled what my playing partners look like. They look like nice enough people. I'm sure I can have a conversation with them. I'm like, that's not going to be a problem. Yeah, yeah, I think I was more excited, honestly. Um, You know, I have a chance to win such a prestigious event. Um, You know, I'm not having to chase my tail or anything like that. I can play some consistent golf and hopefully um, the rest will take care of itself.
0: I love the fact that you actually went through some processes to help to create that excitement for, for, the, for the final round. You know, you, you look back and you were talking about how you've ticked off playing with crowds. I'm prepared and ready for that. That's not an issue. You know, my playing partners, I look them up, they look, you know they look like nice normal human beings. <laughs> um, you know so you actually had a process to turn that environment into more of an exciting. Um, possibility type of a of a day ahead so I think that's fantastic because so many people in in that position and whether it's uh, a a great you know junior golfer uh, amateur golfer professional golfer or club level golfer when they're in a position and have an opportunity to do something great you know win a club championship or whatever it might be the nerves can kick in and people can turn that nerves into anxiousness and anxiety and fear versus excitement, which is potential and opportunity, so to speak. So um, morning of the final round, just feeling pretty good, excited, ready to get out there. Anything during the final round? So let's just unpack that final round a little bit. What score did you shoot and, and how much did you win by?
1: Um, Yeah, so I shot three under in my final round, one by one. Um, played super solid
0: the whole day um, yeah. yeah it's great so to back up a low round like that and then come back with a really solid three under final group of the day to win i mean the damn world junior championship it's like one of the biggest junior events in the world like through the round how were you coping with that environment um playing well, you know, playing against playing partners, all that sort of chaos that may have been around. How did you manage that?
1: Yeah, I was i was pretty calm like throughout the whole morning and then probably when it got to about 15 minutes before my tee-off, I was pretty nervous. So my first few holes probably didn't go to plan, but I still, you know, um, probably my first, I'd say, three holes I was pretty nervous and I was able to make um, three pass to start with and I'm like, was a pretty good start for somebody who uh, feels like they forgot how to hit the golf club. Um, But once like from there, you know, everybody started to open up and talk. I was pretty comfortable from there. Um, You know, I started off with like a few birdies to begin with and my playing partners um, made a few bogeys and a double here and there. And then I suddenly had a four shot lead and I was Mm -hmm. like, I'm comfortable now. Like, you know, I don't need to change the way I want to play. I can play the way, you know, I've come out here to play. Yeah. Um Yeah, no, I just played super consistent and then um, I was doing everything that I wanted to and then I actually started to, like, get on a roll and trust myself and, you know, oh, I'm going to hold this putt and this is going exactly where I want and started to play a lot more aggressive, um, mm-hmm. which then put me three under through nine holes and, and I started to hold a few more putts. Like, I missed a few to begin with, but then, you know, that confidence kicked in a, a, um, a lot more. So it's not like, oh, I've got to lead, I've got to hold it. It's like, oh, I've got to lead, let's, you know, continue this. Um, yeah. Which is something that I've kind of struggled with in the past. Like, whether I'm in the lead or I'm in the leading group in the final day, I kind of get a bit nervous and try and like hold off a bit. Where um, I think me just staying consistent to begin with and then, you know, then dropping off a bit just made me way more confident in my ability to hold myself and try um move on. Um, yeah, and I played. So, even though I won by one and I had a four shot lead, like, it wasn't me playing poorly, you know, I was coming down the. Uh, the thirteenth hole, Torrey Pines. Um, no, I've driven the green on a par four. I was like, what? It's like three hundred and ten yards. How do I drive that? <laughs> um, I was asking somebody, oh, where's my ball? <laughs> and they're like, oh, it's on the green. I'm like, oh, you're an idiot. Um, yeah, and I'm like, oh, you know, it's a really good birdie opportunity here. Um, and then my playing partner, who's uh currently in second position, holds out for eagle. It's
0: like, that's nice. so
1: good. That's 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 awesome. Yeah. Glad I <laughs> glad <laughs> I got the witness. <laughs> um yeah, and I had two parts are birdie, so now I have three shot lead. And then, you know, my the um my playing partner goes birdie 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 from there and I've gone pa 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 and suddenly we're square with two holes to play. And yeah. that it didn't rattle me, it was just frustrating that, you know, on two of those holes I had a horseshoe for birdie and a lip out for birdie and yeah. she's And one of those birdies she chipped in and I'm like, I'm not playing poorly. I haven't dropped off. She's just got on a roll. And this is why I was so glad that I was able to just keep my cool and focus on, you know, it's your game. Cause a lot of the time in the past. um, So I guess I've learned, which has been good. Um, uh, Just like, trying to match my game with somebody else so mm-hmm. uh, they're you know pulling out driver or must be I should pull out driver too kind of thing um yeah. so when they go aggressive I go aggressive where I was able to play my own game coming down the last few holes which I think was beneficial because you know I was still making some really really solid pars, giving myself birdie opportunities I just you know wasn't dropping them um and then yeah obviously both par, 17 and then this is when something you just can't practice and you can't like prepare for it was the nerves coming down eighteen. Um, yeah. it was something that I've never come across like being that nervous because I'm like, you know, I had a four shot lead now I'm square coming down the last hole. You know, heaps of people around the green. There are people coming here like at the tee box they're watching, and last hole, Torrey Pines, you have probably two hundred meters to the left, um, that you can hit it, and you've got you know, oh, not too much room to the right. You've got some trees, um, in the landing zone and I hit it right into the tree <laughs> yeah. Um, and I have so much room to go to the left and then my playing partner you know hits it down the middle and I guess just the nerves just like gradually build up um so I've you know tried to go for the green from there and I've hit it short of the green but in a good like not a great position this is probably the only time for this one that I actually short sided myself um yeah. yeah my playing partner put in the bunker I've chipped it up there short of the green again mine is just not good and then um I guess yeah. Finally, the nerves hit her too. Having three shots in the bunker, making triple on the last hole, and then I made up and down for bogey. And it's like, it's amazing what something can happen um, when a few people, a few more people are watching, and and the stakes are a lot higher. Um, yeah, so it was good that they were, you know, calm them down towards the end and and get it done.
0: Uh, and I mean, how much do you think that handle hard better? helped you over those final sort of six holes dealing with your opponent, you know, your, your playing partner chipping it in, having three birdies in a row, you having a couple of horseshoes and, and, and a lip out, like how did that help you and what was different this time versus maybe uh, last time you were in a similar position or a couple of years ago when you said, you know, you learned how to do things, what was different?
1: Um, honestly, I just kept saying the phrase over in my head. Um, on and on and on and I'd just be like just handle it get over it you know she's doing amazing golf and you're not yeah. playing poorly you've got to handle it and you've got to do better like yeah. whatever you need to do you need to do it now and you need to get over it yeah. um, and I just yeah. continue like continually just told myself that and a lot of the time you know I tell myself to you know shut up or something like that and yeah. I think I was just I was in the moment and I was just ready. I knew I could do it, um, which a lot of the time I have a lot of self-doubt, like whether I'm, you know, good enough to be there or whatever, or should I have been selected? Um, and I think this time I just knew that I was, I was meant to be there and I just went for it. Um, yeah. yeah, so just being able to have that there on my glove, you just, you honestly look at it, you know, you're pushing your buggy, it's in front of you, your hands on yeah. the golf club, it's in front of you, you're, you're taking it off to putt, it's in front of you, like you're saying it constantly every yeah. time you see something you read it so um yeah. having it there just it distracts you in the way that it gets your playing partners off your mind and it says you know you've got to handle your own your own stuff um yeah. yeah and i guess i think it was a big factor of making sure that i was um you know in the moment the whole round
0: yeah it's great i mean i think that i love what you said there before about you know whatever you're got to do now just do it get over it let it go move on just just because like, so often when we're in that sort of position where we might be hitting a couple of poor shots or there is a pressure moment and things don't go quite according to plan, we can press that panic button and we can start to maybe over-dramatize what's going on or worry about the final outcome or, you know, overthink the, the, the past shot itself. And so for you to be able to just sit there and, and, and stop that and just say, get over it, just whatever you've got to do, let's do it now um it is fantastic and um yeah as you as you said you know the your playing partner just didn't quite manage that as well as you did um and uh ultimately that's you know it's a 72 hole event and um the 72nd hole sometimes can be the most challenging one so um yeah for me it was really great to you know speak to you throughout the event and see just how calm and in control you you stay the entire event you know the first couple of days second day especially pretty frustrated um but you went out there and you did some work post-round and you tried to prepare yourself for the next day with that you know with that optimism of hey tomorrow could be a different day you know you weren't carrying that narrative for the entire week you know you were just like well Round one and two, I've struggled with the putter. It hasn't been a great putting week so far, but you just don't know what the next day can bring. And and you know, for you to have that third round of seven under and play the way you did, um, you know, was that little bit of a reward for having that mindset and uh, having that approach. So that was uh, that was pretty cool. Um, one of the questions that I had uh, come in was um, from. Uh, Where are we? It's just here somewhere. From Daniel Crawford um, on Instagram. What's the best support slash help parents can give their their kids with golf? Now, you know, your your mum and dad have been massive supporters of your golf and your brother's golf through the years when the boys were playing. Um, Your brothers are massive supporters of your golf, massive supporters of you. You have a great support network around you. So talk to us about the support that mum and dad give and and how other parents can maybe learn from what they've done um, really, really well and maybe what some things mum and dad haven't done well, if there's anything. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, Yeah, when I was like just starting out, obviously like your parents are very much involved, you know, they're either pushing your bag or teeing up the ball for you. So obviously like the support there is it's, hundred percent of the time which is good when you're younger and you need that but um when I was probably getting to about 11 12 13 you know that's when you kind of like you're trying to take that next level in your golf or you, you know try to play state teams and um you know find out how you are as a golfer and as a person and that I think that's the time when you know, I was struggling a bit because my parents were there for me 24-7, 20, which is obviously like extremely nice of them. Um, but sometimes, um, you know, you want to try to learn things for yourself and figure it all out. Um, but my parents were so understanding with that, you know, it took them a while, but like now I feel like I'm in the best position possible with my both my brothers and my parents um, from a, like a supportive point of view um, and them helping me. And I think that's just knowing that no matter the outcome they're always going to be there for me whether it's me shooting 65 or 95 you know they're there um and you know there's always going to be that joke craft or like you know how poor you played or whatever or how well you played but um just knowing that at the end of the day i'm coming home and i'm not going to have a quiet car ride home and i'm going to have we can talk about anything else in the car and at the dinner table it doesn't have to be about how i played. And the next day, you know, once you're over the round, then you can debrief with debrief with whoever you want or something like that. But just knowing that they're there for me, but there's also like you know jokes cracked in there. But you know, there's a level of you know, there's time when you can when you can crack the jokes and everything like that. But also just knowing that um, they're there for you, I don't honestly can't explain how much that. How important that is to myself. Just knowing that that I can do whatever, and I know that they're going to back
0: me up no matter
1: what or anything yeah. that can happen, and I'm going to have them there.
0: Yeah, yeah. Look, it's been. I mean, obviously, we've known one another and, and worked together for quite a long time. I, I I can't remember how old you were when you first showed up. Um, yeah, no, neither. But it was young, and. Um, the last couple of years, especially, um, 12 months, especially, but maybe even a little bit longer than that, how mum and dad have almost taken a step back and said to you, Hey, you're in charge. You know, you, you know what to do. You know what you want. You've got coaches that you need to go to for specialist help and you, you know, you're, you know what you're doing. Um, I could imagine that that would be quite an empowering feeling to have your parents just have so much faith and trust in you um, that they just leave decisions up to you and, um, and that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah, it's um, it's it was really like it was pretty cool to know that they have the, their trust and support in me to be able to make my own decisions when I need to see a coach, what I need to do with them um where I want to go what time I want to go it was really good to know that I have their their trust in what I want to do for my future Um, yeah so that's always been an added bonus just knowing that they aren't going to second guess my opinion on something and obviously you know if I am wrong they'll you know they'll step in and 95% of the time they are correct with me doing the wrong thing but a lot of the time they also let me do the wrong thing and I can I can learn from that Um, yeah. Which you know, it's annoying at the time. Like, if you knew, you can tell me, but it's also good to learn for yourself. Um, and as much as like a lot of the time, you know, I've people say, like, you know, I feel like I'm not doing anything to help support, like, either myself, like, whether that's coming from my parents or parents saying that, but a lot of the time, them being in the background is the biggest support that they can do. Good, that's
0: awesome, not anymore. You know, there might be some young juniors or, or amateurs out there that are listening that would love that trust from their parents to give up that trust. But it's important to recognise you earned that trust. Like you spent years doing the things that you did. Mum and dad couldn't take a step back and have complete trust in you if you hadn't proved yourself along the way. So, um, you know, that, I think that was just, you know, perfect timing on their behalf to be able to hand the reins over to you. Um, and them sitting in the background, just having that trust, as you say, that that's ultimately one of the biggest support things they can provide you. Um, so that's, that's really cool. I think another cool thing that came out of, you know, your IMG, you know, when um, and sort of, you know, the picture and the post that, that I ended up making around, that handle hard better. You received a message the other day um, from a young Aussie golfer. Um, do you want to share that with us?
1: Yeah, so I got a message from a young golfer um, who's been playing heaps lately um, overseas and everything. Um, and they like put a little smiley face on their glove. Um, kind of the same as handle hard better but just but just to make sure that you know they're in the moment and they're happy and, and they're enjoying their rounds um and them saying that you know they're inspired to do something like that was it was pretty cool to know that um you know people do you know they watch things that you do and they listen and um yeah it's always it's pretty cool to know that you know just because you do one thing doesn't mean nobody's going to do it. You know, people are following you and everything like that, which is really cool. And to know that it worked out for them um, as well, you know, they got a pretty big win, which was awesome to know that, you know, they tried it and they got their big win too. So maybe, maybe others need to try it and, you know, see how that goes for them.
0: <laughs> yeah. Look, and I think Jeremy and and Zach certainly wouldn't mind us sharing that story and um, uh, and maybe, you know, giving that little bit of, detail around it um zach wolf Wolf, a young six-year-old golfer from australia here from the gold coast jeremy's father they spent you know uh, quite a long time over in the u.s traveling and playing the the big junior events and zach's a a, you know a really good golfer here in australia and he went on to win the u.s kids junior world championship six and under um which is uh which is a phenomenal achievement and to know that kills your you know your handle hard better message um, helped not only helped the six year old but helped Jeremy as a father have a conversation with with Zach around that and then then to to apply a, a really simple strategy of just putting a smiley face on his glove and just continuing to remind himself that hey things are probably going to get hard you know things on the golf course and in a tournament are not always easy but. I'm going to try and work on a strategy to, to help me manage that. I mean, to be able to help a six-year-old step into that space and work on that type of stuff is, is phenomenal. So um, when you told me about that today, before we started recording, it was, um, it was really cool just to see how much you were able to affect and inspire, you know, um, another generation of golfers at your age, like, you know, is we're talking about generations and impacting generations and, what are you, 18? Yeah. Like so, But it's really cool, you know, what, what you've done and your name in golf, not just because of your ability um, and your, your results, but the impact that you've had on the golfing community with everything you've done with the Challenge Foundation through the years, the respect and admiration that you have from golfers all over the world um, and especially in Australia is um, – it's awesome to see, and uh, just couldn't be prouder of you as a person, um, and prouder of you as a golfer as well. It's um, it's been fun to see you have the success that you've had this month. Thank you. So we'd better leave it there. You better get back to studying because you've got some big exams coming up. Um, so school is taking a little bit of a preference and a priority at the moment, which is fantastic. But um, I think. Later on, we're probably going to have to get you on another episode later in the year because you have a pretty hectic golf schedule planned for late this year and early next year before you venture off to college golf, um, which we'll probably be able to announce at some stage later in the year where you've signed to and where you're going. Um, I Don't know if it can be said yet, but um, yeah, we can maybe announce that later on.
1: Yeah, perfect. Now I look forward to it. Um, yeah, big plans for next year, hopefully. No school in the way so I can travel and not have to take the books. I'm sure my luggage will be a lot lighter. So I'm looking forward <laughs> to that as well. Um, yeah, but I'm looking forward to signing in November and, and going to college in August.
0: That'd be great. Well, thanks again for joining us. Really appreciate your time. And um, yeah, study hard and good luck with your exams. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Kiels thanks for joining us on the mental mastery golf podcast it's been a pleasure to have you if you want to bridge the gap between potential and performance and start to build your own unbreakable mental game today join us over at mentalmastery.com.au at the mental mastery clubhouse where we would love to connect with you and see you on the inside of the clubhouse where we can continue the mental performance journey it's been a pleasure having you see you next time